Today I want to talk to you about dressing for success. Dressing for success. And no, don't worry. This isn't about uh, we're going to start wearing suits and ties to church or anything. If you want to, that's great. Um, uh, or anything like that. It's not really about how you dress physically, but how you dress spiritually. And I want to start by telling you a little parable, a little story. And it's about a woman who was born a slave and lived during the time in which she became free. Uh, the Emancipation Proclamation came out and she was set free. And she was asked after she was set free, what was the hardest part of the transition going from a slave to being free? And she said this, she said, thinking differently. To stop thinking of myself as a slave. Stop seeing myself as a slave. Start changing everything about my life so that I could become an actual free person. You see, it's not enough to be free on the outside. You have to be free on the inside. You have to see yourself that way. You see, she had escaped slavery, but slavery was still clinging to her on the inside. She had, uh, she had on the outside, she was free, but on the inside, she was still struggling to be free. She was trying to think differently about herself because, see, she was born a slave. Her entire life was telling her that you are less than other people of a different color, that you are not much more than animals or other property that's owned. She was told her entire life that the thoughts you have, the words you speak, the things you do, the decisions you make are all to please your master, and that's it. And that you have no value beyond that. She had spent her entire life in her thoughts, in her words, in her deeds, in her appearance, in her speech. Every aspect of her life as a slave. And one day she's told she's free. And it was hard on the inside of her to change. But she knew she had to change on the inside. She would walk down the streets a free woman, but people would still look at her as a slave. She still had the same clothes that she had when she was a slave. She still had the same look and the same speech that she had when she was a slave. And everybody still thought of her in the same way, and she didn't want to live that way her entire life. So one day while she's walking down the street, she sees in the window this beautiful dress. It's a businesswoman's dress, somebody that uh, she just admired in the dress. She could picture other people in the dress. And so she went away and she went to work and she saved every penny she could save. And she went when she got enough money and she bought that beautiful businesswoman's dress. And she took it home and she put it on and it felt so uncomfortable. How many of you men remember wearing a suit for the first time at your wedding or something like that? And it just felt so weird and so unusual and you didn't belong in it. Like this, this kind of clothing belongs to somebody else. And that's exactly how she felt, very uncomfortable. But she was undaunted. She would not stop because she was determined to change the inside of her life. And so every day she'd get up in the morning, she'd put the same dress on, she wore the dress every single day, and she'd look in the mirror and she'd say things like, I am a free, brave woman. I am a successful, brave woman. She talked to herself daily and reminded herself of who she could be. Not only that, she began to start a business for herself. And over time, she became successful and respected in her community. And she gained plenty of money. She bought plenty of other dresses throughout her life. But she kept that one dress. She wouldn't give it away. She wouldn't sell it. She couldn't throw it away. She kept it because what happened is she put something on that she didn't feel like she belonged in. And over time, she learned to belong in it. She grew in to the dress. Do you understand what I'm saying to you today? 
I came here today to try to help you realize that when you clothe yourself with Jesus, when you clothe yourself with love, you may feel uncomfortable at first. It may not feel like you belong in a Christian suit. It may not feel comfortable, but at some point you will grow into who God wants you to be. I'm here today to tell you that God has a good plan for your life. I'm here today to tell you that God wants to do successful things in you. It could be about money. It could be about ministry. It could be about marriage. It could be about all of the above, but I want you to know this, but God has created victory for you, success for you, good things for you, but you've got to dress yourself for it. You got to be prepared for it. You got to put on the right things so that you can be who God called you to be. I want to help you today. Change the way you see yourself. Some of you don't see yourself the right way on the inside. You see, God is looking at you and he's seeing everything that he made. He knows who you are. You're his child. He's done all the work to make you victorious, beautiful, amazing, can accomplish great things because he is within you the way you were designed to be. But all you see is your past. All you see is the mistakes you've made, the trouble you've had. And, and, and you look at your past and you think that dictates how you're going to fail in the future. And I came to tell you today that if you change the way you see yourself, if you ever, if you ever start seeing yourself the way God sees you, there is nothing that can stop you. There is no devil in hell, no challenge that can come your way, no temptation, no failure. Nothing can stop you if you ever start seeing you the way God sees you. Hallelujah. Oh, we've got to clothe ourselves differently. I'm going to be in Colossians chapter 3 today. And I'm going to go 1 through 14 through this slowly because I want you to capture this today. In verse 1 it says, Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Let me just tell you quickly what he's talking about. Paul is saying, if you are born again, if you have placed your faith in Christ, if you've been raised up with Christ, what does he mean? Christ was raised from the dead. And if you are one of the born again believers who has been raised from the dead, I'm talking to you. You are seated in heavenly places at the right hand of God where Christ is. You are in a sense. Are you following me today? You know, when a person becomes a Christian, it's not a religious decision that you make. A lot of people think that that there's phrases like, I converted to Christianity, uh, or, or I go to church, or these kind of things that have sort of a religious connotation, like, okay, I've decided to start being a church-going person, or I've decided to say that Jesus is God and all of this. But let me tell you, that's not being a Christian. Being a Christian is when you place your faith in Jesus and he raises your dead spirit to life. You see, you are made up of spirit, soul, and body. And, and because of the fall of Adam, we're born with dead spirits. That means the part of you that relates to God isn't alive until Jesus brings it to life. And, and so you have a, a soul, which means your thoughts and your mind and your personality, all of that. Yes, you have an internal part of you, but that part of you is not perfect, is it? You don't always think like you should. You don't always feel like you should. And you have a physical body that's not perfect. If you don't believe me, just go look in the mirror, right? And if you think you look good with clothes on, take your clothes off and look in the mirror and you'll realize you don't look that great, right? Come on. <laughs> Somebody, are you with me today? So the soul and body part of you aren't perfect. There's coming a day when you are going to be perfected spirit, soul, and body. In other words, even your body is going to be immortal. God is going to change you. He's going to perfect your mind and your thinking and your emotions. We're not there yet. And so when you place your faith in Jesus, what does he say here? You are raised up with God. 
Jesus said, you're born again and your spirit is brought to life. And now the part of you that connects to God is alive. And we talk about how wonderful it is that when God brings the dead to life and, and how that he saves people and he changes us. And, and when you're brought to life, it changes the nature of your life. There's a part of you that was dead that comes alive. And that part of you has new desires. Can I tell you something? I want to hit you. If your desires haven't changed, if you don't have desires to please God and to love God, if you go to church and you sing all the songs and do all the things and yet your desires, your passions, you don't have somewhere within you a hunger to please God and to know him more, then there's a good chance that you're not born again. Because when you're born again, the part of you that relates to God, that hungers for God, that wants God is brought to life. And yes, you are brought to life in Christ, but you still have a flesh. Oh, come on. Do you know what I'm talking about? Paul said the spirit rivals the flesh. The flesh part of you is the part of you that wants to do things it shouldn't do. And this is the challenge of the Christian life is that we have every day when we get up, we have the opportunity to say yes to the flesh. The flesh says you're mad at your neighbor because his dog pooped on your lawn and you're going to go over there and put his that dog poop right in his mailbox <laughs> and uh, whatever else you need to do, right? Uh, the flesh says that the flesh says somebody looked at you funny and you're going to look at them funny or say some smart remark. The flesh says your boss is mean, so you're going to be mean in return. The flesh says all sorts of things that go against the spirit of God. But when you're born again, the spirit in you says, do what God wants you to do. Come on. And so there's this struggle. How many of you know the struggle? Walking in the spirit or walking in the flesh, walking in love and compassion, being like Jesus, doing what Jesus would do versus walking in the flesh. See, a lot of people think that being a Christian means that you always do things right or you're better than other people. And it's really not. It's not about that at all. It's different than that. It's about making the choice to put on Christ and allow him to rule your life, to rule your day. So look at verse two. He says, number one, if you've been raised with Christ, then do this. Set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on the earth. When you got up this morning, you looked through your closet and you picked your clothes out. Some of you, your wife picked your clothes out. Thank God. Hallelujah. Some, some people pick their clothes out and they go to, you know, Walmart or your job and you're, you're thinking, man, you missed it. You, <laughs> you made a huge mistake today. You should have dressed differently, right? But the point is you have a choice what you put on. And we as Christians, we have a choice of what kind of life we're going to live today. A great problem that we have is we feel like we're supposed to get up in the morning and we're just supposed to do what we feel like doing. That God is a feeling that we follow. Can I tell you the truth? Doing what God wants you to do often goes against your feelings. Your feelings are not the Holy Spirit. Oftentimes you're going to have to make the choice. Set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on the earth. What is he saying? Decide that you're going to walk in the spirit of God and not in the gratification of your flesh. Doing what God called you to do because the spirit in you wants to do the right thing and the flesh in you wants to do the wrong thing. Come on. Now, I'm not talking about you always being good and always doing everything perfect. I'm talking about following the spirit that is leading you in the direction that you need to go. Set your mind. So I want you to get this. If you're born again and you know the challenge of following the spirit of following the flesh, get up every morning and decide. Set your mind what kind of clothes you're going to wear spiritually. Decide how you're going to live. 
And sometimes you're going to, it's going to be harder than other times because maybe you didn't sleep well at night or maybe you've got a little headache. And how many of you can be a really uh, bad grouch when you don't feel good? Come on. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Some of your wives and husbands are telling on you. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes it's a struggle and it's harder to do what God called you to do, to put on something new and to get rid of the old self. Let's read on. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now, this is key. This is so important. Because the way to, to walk in the new life, to put on the new clothes and to follow the spirit of God is to remember that you've taken off the old life, that the old you has died. Galatians 2.20, Paul says this, and oh, let me tell you, when I got saved, this transformed my outlook because I, I knew me. I knew that I could never live a Christian life. I knew I couldn't do it. I couldn't be good like all the other people at church were. I knew I couldn't do it, which kept me from really following Jesus and going wholeheartedly. But God showed me this scripture, and it changed everything. Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live here on earth in the flesh, I live by faith in God. And, and that God told me this, Mylon, I'm going to do everything I need to do through you. It's not going to be you. And I always say this, if you've ever seen me do any good godly thing, if you ever saw Jesus move through me, it wasn't really me. It was the Holy Spirit within me. And the same Holy Spirit that lives in me can live in you. Come on. We've got to remember that I am not the old Mylon. There was an old Mylon. Most of you don't know him, but some of you do. And, and he was not the person that I want to be. He was not who God created me to be. He was not who God intended for me to be. And I couldn't be who I needed to be until Jesus saved me and he raised me up and I became born again and I began to learn to follow God and walk in the spirit and become the man that I am today. I'm not here to tell you I'm perfect, but I'm here to tell you today that I am the second person, the second Mylon, the second one that has been born again is who stands before you today and God's not done with me yet. Come on. Hallelujah. And I remind myself from time to time when I fall short and I make mistakes that the old Mylon is dead. He's not alive. He, he's not alive. Just like this woman, she had two lives, one as a slave and one as a free person. The old life was gone, and yet its remnants were stuck within her. And that's how we are sometimes when we come to Jesus and we're born again and we want to do what's right. The remnants of selfishness and arrogance and anger and, and bitterness and, and lust and all of these things, they, they stick with us. And we've got to continually remind ourselves that God has delivered us from those things. That when Jesus died on the cross, he died with the old Mylon. And when he rose from the dead, he rose with the new Mylon. Hallelujah. I am new in Christ Jesus. The old self is dead. Verse 4, when Christ who is our life is revealed, then you will also be revealed with him in glory. When Christ who is our life is revealed. When Jesus comes back again, then, when Jesus comes back again, then you will also be revealed with him in glory. What does that mean? It means that when Christ comes back again, your perfection is coming. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Sometimes I feel like Paul. Paul said, you know what? I'm sick and tired of falling short. I'm sick and tired of making mistakes. I get weary of being in this fleshly life and falling short of the glory of God. But someday Jesus is coming back again. And when he does, he's going to change me. I'm going to be made perfect in him. Glory to God. 
Hallelujah. I'm going to think the right way. I'm going to feel the right way. I'm going to speak the right way. I'm going to do the right thing. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Our perfection is coming until then, until then, put off the old self. Verse five, therefore consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. You know what he's saying here? This is so simple. Sin is such a simple thing. Satan wanted to take over heaven. He had pride and he wanted to take over heaven and he used lies and deception to fool people. He fooled a third of the angels. He fooled Adam and Eve into eating of the tree that they shouldn't eat of. And that's what the devil does. He lies to you. If he can get you to believe something that's not the truth, he can get you to mess yourself up. Amen. Come on. He can get you to believe that you're never going to succeed. He can get you to believe that God doesn't love you and God could never forgive you. He gets you to believe. And when he gets you to believe a lie, then you trip yourself up and you make a mistake. Now, look what he's saying here. The old you, the one that was connected to the lie of the devil, the pride, the, the, the pursuit of all of the things that the world has to offer, that part of you has been killed. It's dead. You don't live in that pride and that selfishness anymore. You don't live in that idolatry, which means, God, I'm actually the one who's in charge, and I get to decide what I need and what I don't need, which is the same mindset that Satan had, and I'm going to get what I want and have what I want and do what I want and, and live that kind of life that says you only live once. Just enjoy all of the good things of this life and all of the pleasures. Do whatever makes you feel good. You know, if you wanna, if you wanna live this way, live this way. If you wanna live that way, live that way. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the Bible says or what people say or what God says. That is the mindset of Lucifer. That I am God and what I say goes. But we have been dead to that kind of life, to that kind of mindset. We've died to that. We don't live up with that anymore. Verse 6, for it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you once walked when you were living in them. But now also you put them all aside. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices. You know what Christians got to do? We got to get up in the morning and take off that old junk. It's just like a, a, a coat or, or some clothes that we shouldn't be wearing. It doesn't fit us in anymore and we take off the old man and we lay it aside because that garment doesn't belong to me the garment of evil of anger of selfishness of bitterness that doesn't belong to me anymore I gotta take that junk off and lay it aside hallelujah come on come on oh man sometimes you ever been ladies you ever had your husband outside working in the summer heat in the garage he's been working or he's at work and he comes home and the first thing he wants to do is hug you but he smells uh, pretty bad and uh, and some of you ladies you suck it up and you give them a hug anyway and some of you say uh uh don't touch me until you take a shower right you you choose ladies whatever you want to do uh, that's up to you uh, but but you're like you know what you needed those garments that you're wearing for what you were doing but this is a different part of your life so take those garments off and get them out of here some of us today we're wearing the stink of yesterday when God has lifted us to a new place we're still wearing the same old mindsets the same ideas the same words we're still talking and acting the same way because we have not laid aside who we once were the myelin that I once was is gone. I can't continue to think like him and talk like him and act like him and be like him. I've got to think new. I've got to put on new garments. 
Let's read, hallelujah, verse 10, if you're with me. And have put on the new self. Let me say that again. Put on the new self. The second part of you, the one that's born again, that follows the spirit of God, that has new passions and desires. Lay aside that old guy and pick up those new clothes and put them on. Put on the new self. Hallelujah. The new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. A renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free. But Christ is all and in all. Can I tell you something? There is a work of the, of the devil today trying to divide people by, by political parties, by race, trying to divide people by gender, trying to divide us, and the church is supposed to be united. And I get very frustrated when I see the church digging in to the division, trying to point the fingers at somewhere else. Look what he says here. In Christ, there is no Jew or Greek. There is no difference between us. We are all one in Christ Jesus, created in the image of God. Hallelujah. Put on the new self which is being renewed and created in Christ Jesus. Oh, let me tell you something. What does the new clothes look like? What does the new self look like? What does dressing for spiritual success look like? It looks like wearing Jesus. It looks like living, talking, acting, breathing like Jesus. Now, let me tell you something. You're not perfect, but every one of us have the opportunity to decide we're going to think like Jesus. Come on. We've got to think like Jesus. How did Jesus think? Did Jesus think negative thoughts? Did Jesus come upon situations and go, oh my God, there's no way out of this? Did Jesus think, well, I'm no good. God could never use me. Did Jesus think, oh, there's no hope for this church. There's no hope for that person. I give up. I'm done with all of you. Did Jesus say, I'm going to quit? No, he said, it is finished. You know why? Because Jesus thought victoriously. Jesus thought according, according to the Bible. Jesus knew the truth, and he let those thoughts run through his mind. Let me tell you something today. If you could learn to think like Jesus, it would change so much about your life. If you'd learn to talk like Jesus. Uh, I've said this before. I'm going to say it again until everyone hears it, and, and hopefully some people get it. If you're one of those folks who says, I just tell it like it is, let me tell you something. Sometimes you need to shut your mouth. I'm, I'm trying to be nice, but I'm trying to be real with you too. I'm trying to hit you hard. Because if Jesus found a time to keep his mouth shut, which the Bible says, then there's times that we need to keep our mouth shut. Ask yourself this, the Bible says, does it produce something good? Is it praiseworthy? Is it trustworthy? No, you don't have to say everything you feel because oftentimes when you speak, you're hurting other people. And oftentimes when you speak, you're hurting yourself. Can I tell you a secret? You build your future with the words you say today. Some of you are living in garbage today because you spoke garbage yesterday. What I'm trying to tell you is stop speaking garbage today so that your tomorrow is not garbage. Start speaking positive things, good things, powerful things, truthful things. Start speaking the word of God. You see, when Jesus spoke, it changed things. Come on. And the Bible says the same spirit that lived in Christ lives in you. And when you speak good things, good things come to pass in your life. Hallelujah. Come on. Some of us need to learn to develop a governor over our lips, a filter over our words, and stop saying things that we feel and start saying things that we know are truth from the word of God. 
start saying, you know what? We're going to succeed. You know what? This is just a challenge. And God built me to be a, not just a long distance runner, but I'm a hurdler. And every time a hurdle comes, I'll jump over it. Amen. Oh, here's a mountain. You know what? I'm not going to deny that there's a mountain, but I'm going to tell you this. God can lift me over it. He can throw the mountain in the sea. He can drill a hole through the middle of it. I don't care, but that mountain is not going to stop me. And you build your future with the words that you say when you talk like Jesus and when you act like Jesus. The Bible says of Jesus that he went about doing good. He went about doing good. He went about helping other people. His life was about caring for others and doing good things for others. Yes, he fed himself, but he fed other people too. Yes, he cared for himself, but he cared for others too. Yes, he had compassion on those around us. We live in a world that says, basically, I'm out for me, and that's all I'm out for. And the rest of you can take care of yourself. In fact, if you get in my way, I'll run you over. Or if I can take advantage of you and grab a couple of bucks out of your pocket for me, that's exactly what I'll do. And you'll get rich and you'll have all sorts of toys and, and they'll put you on the news and the world will clap at your success. Meanwhile, Jesus is looking down, shaking his head, going, nope, that ain't how it's done. That is not how it's done. Come on, come on. He went about doing good. You see, when you get up in the morning and you put off the old self and you put on Christ and you decide, I'm going to live like Jesus, I'm going to talk like Jesus, I'm going to think like Jesus, I'm going to act like Jesus, what happens is people will see Jesus in you and you will begin to see Jesus in your own life. Hallelujah. Look, I'm not here to tell you that you're perfect or that you're going to be perfect as a Christian. One of the things that you're going to have to learn to do as a Christian as you walk through this world is cut yourself some slack. I'm going to let that sink in because some of you need to hear that. God has already factored in your imperfections. He's never shocked by something stupid you did. He's never surprised. I can't believe that came out of his mouth. I remember years ago, I was sitting with a bunch of preachers, and it was about the time that everyone learned that Lance Armstrong had cheated and actually taken steroids. And I remember hearing these preachers saying, I can't believe, I just can't believe he would do that. And I thought to myself, how, do you, how are you preachers and you don't know people? Of course people do things like that. We do them, and then we don't tell anybody, and then when someone else gets caught, we go, I can't believe they do something like that. The truth is none of us are any better. That we all fall short of the glory of God. It's not about perfection. It's about love. It's about walking in love. I'm not talking about religion. You see, religion says intolerance, indifference. Christ says love. I'm not telling you to put on a Christianity that says, oh, God's going to make me rich and make all my dreams come true and fulfill all my passion. The Bible says he give you the desires of your heart. You know what? Yeah, it does. But it says before that, if you delight yourself in the Lord, then he will give you the desires of your heart. If God is your delight, if God is your passion, then he will give you the desires of your heart. If money is your passion, you're on your own. If worldly pleasures are your passion, you're on your own. Are you hearing me? We've got to close ourself, clothe ourselves with love. When you get up tomorrow, put love on. Decide that I'm going to be compassionate to people. I'm going to care about them. The next time you turn the news on and you go on Facebook and you see uh, Donald Trump or Nancy Pelosi or whoever else you hate, close your mouth, change your mind. Don't post that picture. Don't say those words. 
God wants you to care about them. Jesus said it's not enough to love the people who love you. You know what? Hitler loved his girlfriend. Come on. Jesus said love your enemies. Care for people that are trying to hurt you and harm you. This is not easy. It's not natural. It's supernatural. God wants you to put on the kind of love that loves Donald Trump and Nancy Pelosi. God wants you to put on the kind of love that causes you to love people who have harmed you and wronged you. To forgive others who don't deserve forgiveness. You don't do it because they've earned it. You do it because of who you are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. And put on humility while the world and religion says put on arrogance. Oh, have you been around a religious Christian who acts like they're so much better than you? Ooh, I'm glad I'm delivered from that, and I don't live like they do. Ooh, thank you, Jesus, that I don't talk like they do, and I don't act like they do, and I don't do like they do. <laughs> you know, when you read the Bible, read the New Testament, Jesus came upon sinners everywhere he went, because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And really, they turned into two classifications, two different groups. There were sinners that he was compassionate towards, and he lifted up, and he helped them. And then there were sinners that he was hard on. And he said uh, things like, you're a brood of vipers. You're like a whitewashed tomb. You look good on the outside, but the inside is death and destruction. What were the different types of sinners? The religious leaders who looked down on others were the ones he was hard on. Everyone else, didn't matter if it was a prostitute, a tax collector, a cheater, a liar, somebody who'd been married five times, ten times, didn't matter. God was compassionate to them, but the religious, judgmental, arrogant people are the ones that he hammered. Oh, man. You see, God doesn't want us to put on uh, this arrogance that somehow Christianity is all of us being better than everyone else. No, God wants us to put on humility and humble ourselves and say, you know what? I have been broken. I have been messed up. I'm still not perfect, but oh, Jesus. Oh, what Jesus has done for me. Oh, what God has done in my life. If I could just tell you, if I could get you to taste and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. Yes. While religion is selfish, True Christianity is sacrifice. It's letting go and saying, you know what? I'm willing to give up so that you can have. I'm so glad that Jesus was willing to sacrifice. And if we are his church, if his spirit lives within us, we have been called to make sacrifices for others. We've been called to sacrifice our money for others. Let me tell you something. If you're going to serve God, if you're going to put on the new life and serve God in your world and make an impact in your world, it's going to cost you some money. You're going to have to buy somebody a new tire when they can't afford it. You're going to have to buy them a meal. You're going to have to spend some of your money. Let me tell you a secret. <laughs> we always think that the sacrifice is us losing something, but I've said this before. I want you to get this. The sacrifice in Christ is never a loss. It's a seed. You plant something that's coming back to you. The person you give to gets blessed, and then you get a return at some point when you have a need. It's never a loss. Are you hearing me today? It's going to cost you some of your time. Oh, and that's some, to some people, that's bigger than money. Like, I got my plans. Don't mess with my plans. You know, I, I need to watch American Idol or whatever it is, your favorite T.I. Don't disturb me. But when I look at the life of Jesus, one thing I notice is that as he walked around doing good, he allowed people to interrupt his schedule. 
He allowed people to interject themselves and he would stop everything that he was doing and he would address them. And if you want to put on the new self and allow God to use you, you're going to have to allow people to interrupt your life and take some of your time. I'm wrapping this up today. You see, when you get saved, you get born again, you have two choices every day you get up. You can follow the old life, the old patterns, the old ways of living, or you can decide that I'm going to do everything I can to follow the Spirit of God. I'm going to put on the new self and put off the old self. I am no longer a slave. I belong in that dress. I belong in that spiritual suit. I belong in there. I am becoming the man that God called me to be. I want you to, I want to end with a, another story, another fable from centuries ago there was a man that was born with a disfigured face and everyone in the city in the town that he lived in made fun of him and called him names it was just awful and when he finally reached the age where he could go out on his own he left and he decided he was going to go to a new city and so he found a new city but before he got there he found someone who could make a mask for him. And they made him the most beautiful mask. And so he put that mask on and hid his true self from everybody else. And, and for years, he lived in that city and people would look at the mask and they would treat him according to what they saw. And because they treated him that way and he looked in the mirror that way, he, he finally reached to the place where he never even took the mask off. And he really took on the personality of that beautiful face. He thought of himself that way. People thought of him that way until one day, someone who came from the village he was born in, they recognized his voice. And they called him out publicly and they took off his mask. And he looked at the crowd as they had their eyes wide open. And he expected that they would see that ugly old person that he always was. But what they saw was an exact replication of the beautiful mask. You see, his face had grown into the mask he put on. And I came to tell you today that when you put on Jesus, it may not be comfortable at first. It may not be comfortable to love others and say good things. It may not be comfortable to sacrifice money. It may not be comfortable. But over time, you will grow into the person God called you to be. He will change you, not just from the inside, but from what people see. And why does this matter? Why? Because in your world, there are people that need you. I don't know why God did this, but he decided the way he was going to love on people around us was to use you. He was going to use you. He's going to use you and your family. He's going to use you and your job and your community with your neighbors. And so it's important if we care about them, if we care about the people around us and in our world, and we will tomorrow morning when we get up, we will decide to put off the old thoughts, the old mindset, and put on Jesus and just wear him around. Can I tell you something? It's not comfortable. I was very uncomfortable talking about Jesus when I first uh, became a Christian. I was uncomfortable raising my hands in church. I was uncomfortable talking about the Bible or praying in public. But as I began to do it, as I began to put that on and do it, it became more comfortable to, to, to where I reached a point where it just became who I am. And I, it's natural. It's who God made me to be. But I had to make a choice to put on the new self. And I want to challenge you today. You have no idea what God can do in you if you put on the new you. If you get up every day and do the best you can to put on Christ and put off the old person and put on Jesus. Paul is challenging the church 
We can make an impact in our world, but we have to clothe ourselves correctly. We can be spiritually successful, but we've got to put on Jesus. Not religion, not selfishness, not the flesh. We've got to put on Jesus. Would you stand with me today? Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Today, as I look at you, I don't just see you. I see in my mind, I see your family, your kids, your parents, your uncles, your aunts, your cousins, and the influence that you can have over their lives. I see your coworkers and your neighbors. I see a throng of people, a congregation, if you will, of people around you who can be affected by your life. Oh, but you need Jesus. You need Christ in your life. You need Christ to help you, to strengthen you, to encourage you. Yes, when you fall down and you make a mistake, you're just like the rest of us. You're not going to be perfect. But you get back up and you go at it again because you're wearing Christ, you're wearing love, you're wearing sacrifice, you're living your life in such a way that you're not just out for you, but you're out to help and bless other people. Father, today I pray for every person in this building, God. Father, that we would take off the old self, the old way of thinking. We're not slaves anymore, we're not living that life. And I am taking that off. Even, and when it tries to get back on me, I'm going to take it off again. And I pray that we would clothe ourselves with Jesus. We would begin to put on the new self. Not to be perfect or arrogant or think we're better than others, but so that we could love on the world around us. So that we could help them. So that Jesus would work through our lives and into those around us. Father, I pray that we would clothe ourselves. It may not be comfortable at first, but clothe us with Christ so that we could grow into the dress, so that we could grow into the suit, so that we could grow into Christ. I thank you, Lord, that as these people leave here today, God, you're going to use every one of us in our world for Christ to share his life, his hope, and his love. And I thank you for it, God. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. God bless you.